I'm very happy to have my wife of almost 44 years coming up, August 23rd. We were uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. I met her when she was 12 and I was 13. I fell in love at that moment, and uh, we've been, uh, been together all these years, and I thank God for that. Uh, I'm not a Texan, but my father was born in Texas, and I've been here 11 years, so I'm starting to acclimate to being a Texan. And uh, I want to just share briefly my testimony. I, I grew up, I did not know the Lord as my Savior. I, I did go to church when I was a young boy, and I had some real experiences. I was in the Episcopal Church, and I had a love for God, but I didn't understand the plan of salvation. Uh, sin got a hold of me at a, an early age, and I became a great sinner. I was a chief sinner, uh, like Paul. And at uh, 19, by 18 years old, uh, it was in the 60s, uh, my wife and I, we had become hippies. This is what hippies look like 45 years later. <laughs> After Jesus touched our life. And in 1969, I had a friend of mine invited me to a black Pentecostal church. Now, if you've not been to a black Pentecostal church, you need to experience that. And I came into the church and the choir, I was one of the only white boys there, and the choir came in and they were singing. Happy day. Happy day. Happy day. And Jesus watched. Jesus washed sins away. It was a happy day. He taught me, you know, the song. And the choir was wearing green robes and white gloves, and they were going back and forth. And I'd never seen anything like this. Now, in the black church, uh, they they don't preached their sermon, the brother, he sang his sermon. Brother Brazil was the brother's name. He was the pastor emeritus, and he was singing, For God so loved the world. And of course, you, it's an interactive sermon. You shake something, you amen, you, you uh, if you really get blessed, you stand up and turn around and sit down. And it was just amazing. It was so sincere. And he said, for God so loved the world. Of course, the Hammond organ with the Leslie speakers in the background are going. And he's the guy's playing the Hammond organ. And um, everybody's responding. And then he said, put your name in there. For God so loved Beverly. For God so loved... Okay, <laughs> for God so loved Marcia, so I put my name in there. For God so loved Mike that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will never perish. And I really thought, man, I, I've never heard that. Jesus loves me. And so he gave an altar call, and all these people came, and I was frozen in sin. And, you know, I was, I, sin has a power to it. 
And the more you do it, the more powerful it is in your life. And it was powerful in my life. I couldn't move. And they, all these young people had received Christ, and then they dismissed the service. And as they were going out the door, Sister Brazil is at the piano. And she said these words. I'll never forget it. I was, people, the service was over. And she says, wait a minute. And everybody stopped. When Sister Brazil said it, you just stopped. She says, the Lord shows me there's a boy here that needs to get saved. We're not leaving until he's saved. Y'all get back in here and start praying. And so everybody came back in the room. And they all started praying. And I was sitting like on the second row. And they, they were just praying really hard. And this lady next to me Sister Millie, she sings in the choir still. She was there and, I, and she began to pray. And I just, I watched her and listened to her. She says, Lord, would you save that boy? Lord, please save that boy. And then I saw tears fall on her black hands. I thought, man, I don't know what get saved means. I really didn't. That's how dark the darkness is. I did not know. I said, I have no idea who this boy is. But I better pray for him too. <laughs> so I did. Lord, would you save this boy? Whatever that means and whoever he is. But I did something that the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I did something the Bible says, the answer is that he will save me. And the next moment, as only the Holy Spirit could do, the light came on. And I just heard the Lord say, son, it's you. And the next thing I knew, I was at the altar on my knees. And Brother Brazil was there with both hands. And he had two gold teeth right in the front of his mouth. And they were shining off the light. And I thought I was, I thought I'd entered heaven's gates. And, and he was pulling me into the kingdom of God, and I've been there ever since. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. It was a happy day. Happy day. And Jesus was. Jesus washed, he washed my sins away, I want to do a, a song for you, and you can just sing along with me, um, Isaac and Chance, it's Wait on the Lord, it's, um, it's from a, a my new album, and this album has the Psalms music. I've written music to the Psalms all my life. How many like the Psalms? One of the favorites of mine is um, Psalm 27. It says, um, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. And I've written this song, and I gave it to my son-in-law, who's a producer, and he says, he says, Dad, this is a Frank Sinatra song. He says, I got to arrange this for a big band.
So how many like big band music? Okay, you're going to listen to a little bit and just sing along with me. It's called Wait on the Lord when we, here comes the band, Wait on the Lord. He'll 
so much. So I'm going to begin my message here, and I, I just want to uh, share with you that we brought some um, materials with, with us for your benefit. I want to just, before I share my message, just tell you briefly what I do. Uh, I got saved in 1969, and the first 12 years of my life, I was a worship leader in a church in Portland, Oregon. And it was a wonderful time of uh, leading God's people in worship, and I became an elder in the church. Then the Lord called me to plant a church and pastor a church. So for 12 years in Salem, Oregon, the capital, I pastored a, a church, and it was a wonderful experience. And then in 1995, <clears throat> the Lord called me to go to the nations to minister uh, to various countries, the word of the Lord, to prophesy to his people and to encourage them and, and to just lift them up with the word of the Lord. I did that until uh, 2002, the Lord called me to Texas, the promised land, I guess. And I moved to Houston, Texas. I worked with Marcos Witt, a mutual friend of ours, a, a great Spanish ministry. That's why I sang that verse in Spanish. And I worked with the Spanish people. I, I deeply love them. My, my daughter is married to a Guatemalteco, a, a young man from Guatemala, a great young man, a minister of the Lord. And <clears throat> then uh, just in the last few years, God has called me back to traveling full time. And so I, I go to, I just, I love the variety that the Lord has for me. Um, La, just my last assignment, I was in Rio de Janeiro. I was asked by um, a friend of mine who has been the leader of the Worldwide Catholic Charismatic Movement, which is about 150 million people in baptizing the Spirit. This brother's name is Matteo Calisi. And he helped to put together what was called World Youth Day. I don't know if you saw any of that in the news where Pope Francis went to Rio de Janeiro. And there were four million youth who came from all over the world to go to this week-long, they call it a pilgrimage. And I, I had this wonderful opportunity. Mateo asked me to be a part of one of the meetings where it was the first time ever that Protestants and Catholics had ministered together on the same platform in Brazil. The Archbishop of Rio de Janeiro was there and several archbishops and leaders and people from the Vatican. And, uh, you know, isn't it amazing when you just have friends? You know, how did I get there? Was it my degrees? Was not my learning? I was Mateo's friend. If we're a friend with Jesus... 
Just hang with Jesus. He'll take you places you'll never dream. So here I was, you know, and I got to speak last and I got to share about the unity of the church. And the, the messages that were, now some of you may be right there going, oh, I hate Catholics, Catholics or you know, don't like Catholics. But let me tell you, God's doing something in the Catholic church. All the messages that were coming to the youth, this was the key messages that, that were coming, was have a relationship with Jesus Christ through his word. Doesn't that sound good? Wouldn't that be good advice? And the Lord gave me this message that churches can be preaching the same song. Uh, remember this, this song, This Is The Day? This is the day that the Lord hath made. We can all be singing the same song in our church. And, you know, it sounds great to us. But the church next door could be playing the same song in a different key. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. Mm. Now, that's what the church is like today. We are playing the same song in different keys. This is the day all saying. We're playing it right. You guys are wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. This is the day that the Lord has made. How come you're not singing with me? This is the day that the Lord has made. What the Lord wants to do today is bring his people together. We sang the song, everybody who's washed in the blood, that's the door. And washed in the blood, and, he's, and the maestro is Jesus. He's coming to the podium and he's saying, let's all sing together. I love you, Lord. I live my boy to worship you oh my soul rejoice he's tuning the church we let God tune your heart today. You know, piano goes out of tune. You just let it sit there. Let me be a sweet, sweet sound. Let me be a sweet, 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 sweet sound, Lord. Oh 
want to do this song, Waterfall of Love. The Lord gave me this song when I was in Brazil. So I, I told you about that assignment, but I love being here in Beaumont. I love being with the church. Don't you love God's people? Wherever Jesus is loved, wherever Jesus is adored, this is the best place to be. Because Jesus, you're a waterfall of love. Falling on the desert of my heart. Waters of encouragement and life. from the spirit of the Lord I will sing a new song my Savior and my God waterfall waterfall Jesus, you're a waterfall of love. You're a waterfall, waterfall. Jesus, waterfall of house, says the Lord. I'm opening up a new well of salvation, a new spring of worship, a new spring of love. I am coming to this house, to this city, my beautiful mountain, oh, the mountain of the Lord.
This will be a wonderful place. In Beaumont, I will open up a provision for God's people. A new well of provision in life. Jesus, you're a waterfall of So, I just want to mention what I brought here. To be, for your blessing, this book is uh, called Heart of a Psalmist, and this took me seven and a half years to write. God had me in a, uh, a place where I wasn't in a lot of public ministry, and, and so he led me to write this. It's a chapter on every one of the Psalms. If you love the Psalms, I know this will be a blessing, and by the way, all my, all my stuff has a money-back guarantee. If you don't like it, uh, Pastor Sam will give you your money back. So. But this is for my friend Pastor Sam and Bev, uh, the heart of a psalmist. And this goes with it, the Wait on the Lord CD. Uh, and then I have my uh, older worship CD, but it's still wonderful and a blessing. And uh, this book is called Created for Worship. It's about music. All of you who love music, you need to have this book. Where's uh, our brother Kelly, was it, that led worship? Kelly, this is your book. Uh, you don't have to come up and get it, but I want to give you this book. <clears throat> then if you want to read about a, a, a really amazing life that, about God, what he can do in a person's life, this is my life story. <laughs> Writing Tsunamis. And it's, uh, it's about catching the waves of God's grace through life. And I know these will be a blessing to you. And, uh, but let's take a few minutes from the, I do feel very strongly a word from the Lord. And I want to speak to you today about don't let your dream die. Don't let your dream die. From the life of Joseph, there are two Josephs. In the Bible, um, we're going to talk more about the Old Testament one, although touch of, of verse on the New Testament. Both Josephs were dreamers. So if you can remember anything, just turn to your neighbor and say, don't let your dream die. Tell somebody, don't let your dream die. <clears throat> you know, it's a fact. How many of you slept last night, really went to sleep, slept more than two hours? If you slept more than two hours, everybody that slept more than two hours dreamt. But most people, it's just a natural thing, don't remember their dreams at all. Now, how many, it's not a trick question, it's just, just uh, to see if Beaumont is normal. <laughs> I'm sure it is. How many can vividly remember your dream last night? Just 
This is a little higher than usual. Usually it's a little less than 10% of people can remember what their dream, what they dreamt last night. But in the spiritual, most people can't identify the dream. They can't remember they've given up on their dream in life that God has. The word dream in the Bible, both in Hebrew and in Greek, is very closely tied to the word plan. So when God has a dream for your life, it's his plan for your life. And we're not to give up on it no matter what happens. Because God watches over the dream. And the dream is greater even than uh, corporal or physical reality. When it comes from God, it lasts through until it has a desire to fulfill itself. That's like prophecy. When a prophetic word comes, in that word there's a desire to fulfill itself. And I want to... uh, just go to, uh, before we start, well, no, let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 37. Joseph's father was Jacob. Jacob did something we're not supposed to do as parents. He loved one son more than the other, and he let everybody know it. But there was a, a divine purpose in this. It says in verse 3, Joseph, Genesis 37, Joseph, or Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe or coat. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. So this coat was the coat of the birthright. It was given to the heir, the one who was going to take over leadership of this family. And Joseph was given this coat, and he realized, and everybody knew what the father was saying, you are going to be the heir of leading this family of 12 brothers and their nomadic shepherding life in the land of Judah. Now I want to ask you a question. What would be greater fulfillment? Joseph's fulfillment of his dream or God's fulfillment of his dream? Joseph thought, man, I'm going to be the leader of a family. I'm going to have all my older brothers. He was the youngest at that time. There were 10 older ones. Wouldn't you like to have your older brother bring you the food when you're watching television, you know, and uh, bring me the popcorn and, and have everybody serve you? That, that's what was in Joseph's mind. But what was in God's mind? God didn't want him to just be the leader of a small family. He wanted him to be the leader of the whole known world at that time. So what is God's dream? It's greater than our understanding. Whatever you have in your heart, or whatever you've let go in your heart, it's even greater than you can imagine. God has a dream for individuals. He has a dream for your family. He has a dream for this church. This church was in the heart of God when he was on the cross. God has a dream for your city, Beaumont, Texas. He has a dream for our state, Texas, and our country. 
And by the way, don't give up on America. Don't give up on America. I go to many countries, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of Christians here praying. This is a great land. Don't give up on it. God's, God's going to help us. Be with us. He has a dream. But here's the important thing. Joseph was given this coat. And as I was looking in the New Testament, I found that there is a New Testament coat that everybody must wear in order to receive God's dream. Joseph's coat was made of many colors. If we take the seven principal colors of the rainbow, it would have had seven colors. I want to read to you from Colossians, the coat that you are to wear. If you don't wear this coat, you can't have your dream. Let me say it again. If you don't wear this coat, you can't have your dream. This is what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. How many want to wear the coat of the firstborn who gets the inheritance? This is its, in fact, there's seven colors in this coat. The first color is mercy. Second is kindness. Third, humility. Fourth, gentleness. Fifth, patience. Sixth, forgiveness. And the last great one, the great coat of love. And I believe that Joseph learned how to, to wear this coat. But you know, here's the dream that he had. Let's look at it for a second. Verse 5, one night Joseph had a dream. When he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field. Basically, all you guys bowed down to me, and my bundle stood up. What a, what a dream. Well, his brothers responded in verse 8. So you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you'll reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Let me just share with you, it's very important who you share your dreams with. There's dream killers out there. His brothers were dream killers. Herod was a dream killer. Joseph had a dream that he was to take Mary to be his wife, and Jesus was born. And then Herod said, show me where he lives. I too want to worship the baby, but he really wanted to kill him. There are dream killers out there. There's, there's negativity. I believe the church should be a place of dream encouragement. Jacob had a dream and he, he dreamt on a stone and he, and he said, this is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. It's a place of dreams where Jesus comes and gives us his plans. And what we are now is not what we are going to be. There is great things ahead for this church. Beaumont needs a family of love, and you're a family of love. Beaumont needs a place of life, and you're a place of life. There's a great dream for you. I want to 
sing for you this song that goes along with my... I actually wrote a play on this. It's called Into the Pit. And this is what happens to us when we get a dream. It seems like we go through pit experiences. Joseph went into the pit, then he went to Potiphar's house, and then he went into the prison. It just seemed like he kept going down rather than going up. He was going in the opposite direction of his dream. It's a long ways down, but I'm telling you, it's a short way up when God comes and brings a fulfillment of his dream. And so, just enjoy this little song. It's called Into the Pit with Him. I like to sing this part because uh, I can act real mean like the brothers. Come, let's kill him. Come, let's kill him. Throw him to the pit. Then his dreams we will see what becomes of it. Come, let's kill him. Come, let's kill him. Throw him to the pit. Then his dream we will see what becomes of it. Into the pit, into the pit, into the pit with him. <laughs> then his older brother Reuben, let's not kill him, let's not kill him, let's not shed his blood. Throw him to the pit and there he can die alone. Let's not kill him, let's not kill him, let's not shed his blood. Throw him to the pit. And he can die alone Into the pit Into the pit Into the pit With him <laughs> Then Judah This was his worst moment Come let's sell him for some silver Into Egypt Then his dream we will see What becomes of it Come, let's sell him for some silver into Egypt. Then his dream, we will see what becomes of it. Out of the pit, out of the pit, and into Egypt. Let's all say ha, ha, ha together. Ha, ha, ha. And Joseph says, Please don't sell me into Egypt, let me go back home. And I promise I will leave my silly dream alone. Please don't sell me into Egypt, let me go back home. And I promise I will leave my silly dream alone. Into the pit, into the pit. And now Judah and the Ishmaelite trader. Twenty-three is almost free. Seventeen's too much for me. Twenty-two, or we are through. Eighteen pieces ought to do. Twenty-one, or we are done. Nineteen pieces, or I'll run. Twenty pieces is the price. Twenty is so nice Out of the pit, out of the pit Into Egypt 
God wants to lift us out of the pits of unbelief, the pits of despair. So Joseph is sold into slavery, but we know the great story. He was made the ruler of Egypt. God's gift in him worked for him. And one day he interpreted the dreams of the butler and the man who, who gave him the king his cup and the, and the man who baked bread for him. And because of the interpretations of the dream, Pharaoh called him for in a moment, in a very instant, he was taken from the pit to the top of the heap into being the prime minister of Egypt. And then God brings his brothers. Listen, there has to be reconciliation before dreams can come to pass. You can't go past the barricade of broken relationships. And so God brought his brothers back. And as I read the story, he was a little bit angry. He tied them all up, threw them into prison, said, you're all going to stay here. And he was angry. But then God moved on his heart and he let them go back, but he kept his brother Simeon tied in prison. And they went back and he said what he was after was his little brother Benjamin to see if they had done the same thing with Benjamin that they had done with him. Benjamin had the same mother as Joseph. There was only two sons from Rachel. Jacob and Rachel had Joseph and Benjamin. And, and, and he was wondering, did they do the same thing? And he told him, you will not see my face until you bring Benjamin back. And so they did. They brought him back. Do you know, do you know where the Apostle Paul came from? The tribe of Benjamin. God was watching over the tribe of Benjamin because he wanted to have the Apostle Paul come and write all the New Testament and tell us about that coat we are to wear. And so all the brothers came. And little did they know it, they all bowed down before Joseph as he was on the throne. And there he could have had them killed. But he tested them. He let them go back to their father in the land of Israel. But he took his silver chalice, it says, his silver drinking cup, and he put it in Benjamin's sack. Then he let the brothers go, and he said to his captain of the guard, whoever has the silver chalice, bring him back. And they, they, the brothers began to go back to their homeland, and the captain of the guard and the army went out there, and they found the silver chalice in little Benjamin's sack, and they brought him back. And God told, told Joseph that he was to... Could have killed that boy right then. He said, you'll be my slave forever. Judas stands up. The man who sold his own brother for 20 pieces of silver. Let me tell you, God's not finished with the Jews. They have another chance. And Judah, the Jew, stands up. And he says to Joseph, I can't go back to my father without this boy. 
My father's life is bound with his. My father's soul is wrapped together with this boy. Let me tell you, your father's soul is wrapped together with you. It's wrapped together. And he says, listen, Joseph, let the boy go free. Let me be your slave forever. Greater love has no man than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. So Judah redeems himself. Listen, you can redeem yourself today by submitting to the Lord. Things are not over for you. The dreams are not over. There's still a chance. As long as you're sucking air, the dream lives. And you can enter into it. He didn't even know he was doing it. He was doing the right thing. And when we do the right thing for the Lord, the dream comes back alive. And so Joseph finally, he can stand it no longer. He, he could just can't hold it in. And weeping in chapter 45 of Genesis, he begins to weep. And he says these words, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? It was God who sent me here to preserve your lives. Listen, you may have had some evil things done to you, but your father allowed it. Your father allowed the rejection that took place in your life. Could you imagine how Joseph felt? The rejection from the people that should have loved him the most rejected him. And he was there on the hinge of bitterness or was he going to wear the coat of Colossians? Humility, gentleness, forgiveness, and love. Well, Joseph put on that coat, that coat of the firstborn son, the coat that Jesus wore, the coat of humility, the code of gentleness, the code of love. And he forgave them. He said this three times. It was God who sent me here to preserve your lives. You're here in Boma because God sent you here. I'm here in Texas because God sent me here. God's fulfilling his dream for my life and your life. You're not an accident. You're not misplaced. It's God who sent you here. And the Lord said, I will take care of you. Joseph said these words. I will take care of you. It says the, the Jewish historian Flavius Josephus writes of this event. He said the generous kindness of their brother Joseph seemed to leave among them no room for fear. Well, I want to end this. The last scene in the whole story is the brothers come to him in Genesis chapter 50. And now the dream is hanging on the thread of forgiveness. And Reuben stands up and he says, will you forgive our sin? We sinned against you. And Joseph says these amazing words. And all the dream that God has for your life hinges on these very words. It says, when Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. His brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. 
Am I God that I can punish you? You intended it to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Your dream hinges on one thing, your ability to forgive. A people that can forgive obtain their dream. People who don't, they have to sit in the pit. They have to sit in the prison. They have to be slaves and maybe never fulfill that dream. But I am persuaded of great things about you and this people. God has a dream for you, for this place, for this house. And I, I feel... I just feel the love of the Lord for this place. As I was driving up the freeway, Psalm 132 came to my mind. He said, he was talking about Mount Zion. He says, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful situation, beautifully situated. And he says, Sam, I will abundantly bless her provision. I will provide salvation for my house. It will be a place of joy. The servants of the Lord will sing by night in the house of the Lord. Could I have your worship team come up, your musicians, all the musicians in your house? The, the dream for God in this house hinges. All the musicians, if you're here, come forward. Singers, the dream of the Lord. I want your elders and your pastors to come forward. I even hear the Lord, I hear the Lord saying that there will be a reconciliation even between brothers in this city and churches in this city. I, I, I hear the, the right songs being played in different keys and God is going to bring reconciliation and, and an added blessing in this city like never before. This will be a Psalm 132 mountain. This is my rest forever, says the Lord. The place I will live and dwell. I will abundantly bless her provision. That's for all of God's people. He promised that. I will abundantly bless her provision. Her priests shall sing for joy. There shall be no sorrow and sighing shall flee away. There shall be a multiplication in the days ahead, says the Lord. There's been addition, slow addition, but there will be days of multiplying. Take the time sign and write it out and start doing the math. For the Lord shall multiply. There will be addition, but at times great multiplication of the people in this city. And there will be standing room only at the doors. Standing room and you'll say, we'll have to have more services. We'll have to have different people preach. I can't preach that many times. The word of the Lord shall flow from this place, says your God. The enemy has tried to kill the dream. He's tried to say, 
It's too big. It's too unrealistic. But the Lord's heart is for this city. I named this city. I called it the beautiful mountain. I give it a vista. My eye is here on this place. And my eye is on the families of this place. And the Lord is going to put add musicians. There will be trumpeters who will come. There will be those who play saxophone and different guitars. And you will have to have a lineup list for the keyboard players. I'm anointing those keys right there. And you're going to have your own children in this house play the keyboards. There shall be songs of joy and deliverance. I will encompass the house of the Lord with songs of deliverance. People will come in bound, and it will be a happy day. They will leave free, says the Lord. They will not be bound in this house. This shall be a place of addiction breaking. There shall be addiction breaking in the, in the realms of alcohol and drugs. There shall be addiction breaking of behaviors and sexual addictions. There will be breaking of those things. And I will take those whom the world has passed by and I will make them to sit among the princes of my people. For there will be an updraft of praise in this place. The wind is already blowing and it will never blow down again. It will blow upward. And all who come shall lift their wings in this house. And they shall catch the updraft of praise. They will catch the updraft of joy. And they will mount high with wings as eagles. Could we all stand together today? As we close this. I just want to pray for our musicians that the Lord would just pour out his spirit upon them. The dream that God has for this house. I just feel like the enemies come against it in such a tremendous way, saying, I will kill this dream. It shall not live. And there are people that have even offended and hurt the people of God and hurt the ministers of God. But the Lord says, put on your coat this day. Put on the coat of forgiveness and love. And I will restore. There's even those who have attacked shall come back. Even like Saul who came back. I see, Sam, I don't know any of these people. Or, but I see people coming back saying, we were wrong. Will you forgive us? Will you forgive us? We don't even know why we did it. It was just the enemy who turned us around. And you will be... Like Joseph, my God to judge you. It was God who did this thing. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray. I pray the anointing on your people, on this worship team. The song of the Lord shall arise in this place. A new song shall come. Even Not even songs that you, you have listened to, but songs will come from within you and within songwriters in this congregation. There will be new songs of the Lord. And people will sing them with joy and with humility. Songs of bowing. Songs of dancing. Songs of warfare and proclamation. Do not be afraid to proclaim my greatness. Do not diminish me with the, the, the smallness of, of your words. But magnify the Lord, says your God.
Let this congregation magnify and boast in the Lord, for I will live up to my word, says your God. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. I am bigger than your expectations. So enlarge each each time you meet is a time to enlarge your faith, to enlarge your expectations, to enlarge your capacity to believe me, says your God. And I will be faithful. I promise I will meet you. I promise I will be with you. Always, says the Lord your God. I want to pray for two more things. One, where every eye is closed, you may not even know why God brought you to this service this morning. But I want to pray for those who maybe have never received Christ as their Savior. Now I'm at the piano. Sister Brazil's in heaven. And I, I'm here to say, I believe there's somebody here <laughs> that needs to know the Lord. And I don't want to leave until you're saved. And I'm going to ask you right now, you may say, in your heart, I, I believe that Christ is alive. I believe he has risen from the dead. And now you need to take the next step. The Bible says, behold, I'm standing at the door and I knock. If anyone opens that door, I will come into him. So Jesus makes it very simple, but it's very profound. The way we receive Christ is just welcoming a guest at our home. Jesus is standing at the door and knocking right now saying, will you open the door? And the way we open it is just like we receive a guest in our home. We say, yes, please come in, Jesus. Welcome you into my heart. So if there's somebody here today that would say, Mike, I want to make that first step in receiving Christ and beginning my walk with Jesus. I know he's the son of God. I know he loves me. I know he died on the cross. Now I want to make that step of faith. If that's you this morning, I want you just to raise your hand right now and say, Mike, include me in this prayer. Please, I want to join you in this prayer this morning. If that's you, just slip your hand up in this building. I know that there's some here that need to make that step today, and I want to give you that opportunity. If you would just say yes to Jesus this morning, slip that hand up, and this is the day. The Bible says, Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that he touches your life. If that's you, just slip that hand up right now. I want to include you in this prayer. Anyone here this morning? I always want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ as their Savior. I'm going to ask us to do something. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask the whole church to pray, okay? And join me. You're going to pray with me. And if there may be somebody here and they haven't risen their hand, but that's okay. Just pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. Thank you for washing my sins away. Thank you for making me a new person. And by your grace, I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I believe you prayed that prayer. You've begun a new life with Christ. And this is a great church to be a part of. And they will help you 
grow in your faith in Christ Jesus. Thank you for coming here. I, I just want to do one last thing, and, and if I know my time is gone, but if there's people who want to reactivate the dream that God has for you, I want you to just to come up here forward to this morning as we close in faith, and I'm going to pray. I believe there's, there's people who have been beaten down, the dream that God has for you, Maybe a financial, maybe a whatever it is. Just and then those of you if, that came up, you you can go back or whatever you or you can stay. <laughs> Dream for your family. Dream for your marriage, your children, and you see the enemy smashing that dream. We're going to pray right now. I want to break discouragement. In the name of Jesus, I break all discouragement over your life. I want you to lift your hands if you can, just in receiving. I want to break all discouragement in your life right now. That there will be no more discouragement, but you will be encouraged in the Lord. Your eyes will be on the master and the dream of God will come alive. It will come clear and you will rehearse it and you will rejoice in it and you will let God fulfill it the way he wants to fulfill it. You will let go all of those brothers and sisters and people who have offended you and hurt you. And the Lord's going to bring Encouragement, a waters of encouragement today to the house of God. A waterfall. I see this waterfall of, of his love just being poured out on the church. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you right now. Kelly, the hand of the Lord is on you today. He's going to transform your heart. He's anointed you, even like Saul and David were anointed with the, the horn of Samuel's oil. But Saul, just he stopped visiting the anointing. And David said, I can't, I can't get enough. I have to be there in the house of the Lord day by day, beholding the beauty. And so the Lord puts a continual anointing upon you. A continual flow of oil shall flow into your heart. And I'm going to pour a new song into you. You're not going to be songless. You're going to be as Asaph sang the song of the Lord. He sang and he heard David sing and he says, I can do that. I can do that. And God began giving him songs, prophetic music. For there's a prophetic anointing on your heart. And the Lord puts the word of prophecy within you. And you will prophesy to the people of God and for the Lord has a wind that's going to blow in this house. This is not going to be a, a doldrum like in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. The sailors would hit a doldrum. There would be no wind. And they would literally starve to death. Because there was no wind to blow the ship to its destination. The Lord puts a prophetic anointing in this house. The Lord calls forth 
for those who will prophesy the word of the Lord and will encourage God's people. There will come prophetic songs and prophetic... <sighs> Pastor Sam, you said I'm not a prophetic person. I'm, I'm, the word of the Lord contradicts you this morning. You are a prophetic person. Come here. You're a prophet. I want people who want the prophetic anointing in their life to come and stand around him right now. There's going to be a release of prophetic in this house. It's not only going to, my brother, you're going to get up to give announcements. What's your name again? Right. You're going to get up to give announcements. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you. You're going to start prophesying to, to people. You'll look out and say, Brother, your business is not going to fail. God is going to rescue that thing. Oh, there's a prophetic anointing. It's being poured out. It's being poured out on the pastor. They will go through. It starts at the head and it goes down to the feet. It touches everybody. That means the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you in a new way, congregation. You're going to get up in the morning and it'll be an Isaiah 50 morning. The Lord wakens me morning by morning to hear his voice. And I was not rebellious. I waited and listened. For the word of the Lord comes to the house. The Lord comes in that anointing of the word of the Lord is the miraculous. The healing. The healing flow. Even now, right now, the healing of the feet is taking place in this building. God is touching people in their toes and ankles, in their shins. And I see the lame will leap for joy in this house. Pardon me, I got a drink. <laughs> There will be an anointing of the miraculous. Anointing of sensitivity like never before. Even like the, the little meters that record earthquakes thousands of miles away on the other side of the earth. When we feel nothing, these little meters begin hopping the meter of the Holy Spirit will begin hopping in the hearts of God's people in this congregation. You'll get up to give an announcement of leadership, Pastor, and everybody will go, We already know! The Lord has told us we know! You will hear the prophetic witness from one end of this building to the other. There will be a witness of my purpose, says your God. I will not cause my people to be deaf. I will open their ears to hear my voice in the morning. My people know my voice and they follow me. Right now, I believe there's a prophetic anointing on businesses. I'm telling you, if your business is going through a difficult and your, your, uh, your work is going through a difficult place, I want you to stand right here right now. There's going to come an anointing on you to break that financial yoke, to break that log jam. Come stand up here right now. I, I believe this, this anointing is here. Just stand right across. That's why you, I felt like the Lord had a word for you, my dear. Could you lift your hands out? Things are not over. Things are not over. The game is not over. I see like a baseball game and you're getting up to bat and you got three 
balls and two strikes and you think, God, it's only one pitch left. What's the use? You're going to hit it, says the Lord. You've missed before, but you are going to hit it this time. This is not a day of failure. This is a day of advancement, says your God. You have reached the bottom. There's an elevator there and you're going to fast accelerate up, says the Lord. There is no more down. It's over. It's up, says the Lord. For the Lord is with you. God is with you and God is for you. Psalm 56 says God is for us and God is on your team. I'm telling you. In fact, I just see the Lord saying, look out. They have in baseball called the pinch hitter. And he's saying, would you step aside? I'm the pinch hitter. I'm going to hit this ball. Satan's on the mound. He's saying, that's no fair. That's no fair. Well, we know favor is not fair. So the Lord's the pinch hitter. He's stepping in for you. He's going he's gonna to hit what you could not hit. He's going to give what you could not make in your own efforts. This is the day of, of reconciliation in your life, too. You're going to see things mended that could not be mended by your own abilities. You're going to see forgiveness where there had been no forgiveness and there's been war, you'll see peace. There will be peace. The oil of peace is upon you. And the Lord this day, uh, listen, I, I believe there's going to be many African-American people in this church. Can I hear a big amen? I, I, I believe, I just believe that that there is coming reconciliation and healing and the oil of love and, and humility and kindness. And God's going to do something great and noble in the house of the Lord. So this is a great day. Yes. Pastor, I'm sorry I took too long, but this is a great day. Can we give the Lord? No, wait. There's still so Who came for the businesses? Who came for the businesses? This brother... This brother, come stand up here. You got to come for the businesses. I'm just going to bless your business. Could you just lift your hands to the Lord? You lift your hands to the Lord. Lord, we just, we just decree blessing. We just thank you for this. We thank you that <laughs> I just hear God saying, I'm watching over this. I'm watching over this. I am the CEO. I am the controller. I am the bookkeeper. I am the public relations person. I am the one that can turn things around. Who is this over here that raised their hand for businesses? Lord, we just believe you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. I, I, you know, I don't want to prophesy out of just get excited and say things that don't really mean anything, but... I really do see God adding a zero. You know what that means? <laughs> we all know what that means. He's adding a zero. Whenever we add a zero, something happens. And uh, I, I do see a blessing, brother. God adding a zero. So <laughs> just look for that zero. That's when something becomes, nothing becomes something when God adds a zero. Amen? Yeah. You, was it? No, Okay. God bless you, Lori. You know, you're to, the Lord told me, you're to sing your way to the promised land.
Psalm 95. They complained when they should have been singing. And you're a singer. So you sing your way to the promised land. The day of you hear his voice. Don't harden your heart. I know it isn't. But come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the Lord. Some people say, well, she's a little too loud, a little too boisterous. No! You're a Psalm 95 girl. Let the others die in the wilderness with their complaining hearts. Not you! Amen. 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 Come on, let's give the Lord a great big clap offering of praise. Woo! Hey, hey, don't go back to your seat. We're going to do, we're already, you know, if you're on a time schedule, it's already blown. Mike, go to the keyboard and the instruments if you want to try to help out. We got to sing some old happy day just a little more. I just got me going. So how many of you, how many of you appreciate old happy day? Amen. Hallelujah. You appreciate Mike? Come on, you help me now. I can't do it alone. Oh, he needs this right here. Is that a good key? No. What would be a better key? Oh, okay. Just sing with it. Happy day. Happy day. Shed for me. Oh, 
Brother Mike a big God bless you. Let him know you love him. We love this man. And Marcia, God bless you. Hey, on your way out today, if you'd like to be a blessing to Mike and to uh, Marcia, we'd love to be able to allow you the opportunity to do that. The ushers are going to be at the doors. If you'd like to make out a check to bless them, just make it out to Church on the Rock North. And we're going to put it all in a big kitty and send it to him uh, this week. So, hey, if you've been blessed, be a blessing. Be here Wednesday night. Our radical uh, series continues. A lot of great things going on. Have a great, go buy and buy all the materials that Mike brought. He can't eat them for lunch. He needs you to buy them. So they're great resources, especially the book on the Psalms. God bless you. Have a great day. And we'll see you Wednesday night. Amen.